This is the Italian Real Estate Podcast, here to help you with the ins and outs and basics of Italian real estate presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Of course, as always, we are back here again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How you doing, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Thank you again for making yourself available for another episode of this podcast. Today, we are here to talk about a very popular subject, and that is the Italian elective residency visa. Who it's for, how to get it, and so on. So, Marco, you know, let's just jump into it. Who is the Italian elective residency really meant for? Like, what kind of people are really in mind for this visa. The Italian elective residency visa, otherwise known as the retirement visa, mm-hmm. not formally, but um, it's it's called uh, Italian retirement visa by some people. Um, not surprisingly, it's not meant exclusively for retired people. So it can be accessed by anybody as long as they meet the requirements. So not only people who are retired, but people who want to live in Italy and people who don't have to work in Italy to do so. So the first and most important requirement is that you must have a stable monthly passive income. Uh-huh. So a lot of people ask me, I have income uh, coming from my work activities in the US, does that count? And the answer is no, it doesn't count. The only type of income that counts is your passive income. So income coming from your pension, social security, uh, investments, uh, mm-hmm. but definitely not income that comes from work activities, meaning from an activity that requires your presence in the US. So ultimately it needs to be a passive income, something that you get without working. Interesting. And it needs to be stable over time. Mm-hmm. This is the main requirement that the consulate will look at. There is a minimum uh, amount that you have to meet, which is roughly $3,000 monthly per person. So if you're two people, like a couple, each one of you will need to meet this requirement. And while there is a minimum requirement, uh, the amount that can actually be accepted is very much up to the discretion of the consulate. Mm -hmm. So specifically for this visa, and specifically regarding the income requirement, it is very, very much up to the discretion of the consulate whether they can accept your specific situation or not. The point is, you have to be able to support yourself in Italy without having to work if you want to apply for this visa. There are other visas that you can apply for uh, where you can work in Italy for somebody else or by yourself, but this is not the case. In fact, what the consulate will require is letters from your financial institutions showing uh, the amount of savings that you have, even if savings don't really count, meaning the consulate doesn't really look at savings very much. What they look at is your stable passive income that you get Mm -hmm. every month rather than savings. And the reason behind that is that, you know, potentially your savings you can spend all in one day. Whereas the consulate needs to make sure that you have enough money coming into your account passively that allows you to support yourself in Italy autonomously. So then, so then from this perspective, technically somebody who might be a day trader, for example, might not be able to fit this, uh, fit this example of somebody who earns passively, even though it comes from what technically could be called investments. 
you know, for this specific type of visa, the acceptance of your specific situation is very much up to the discretion of the mm-hmm. consulate. So uh, they are basically the ones who make the determination as to whether your specific situation is okay for you to be granted this visa. So if you, if it's likely that you will be able to uh, get this passive income over time going forward, so if it's likely that you will be able to support yourself in Italy without being a burden on society. And the second requirement that you have to meet is that you have to have a property in Italy that you own or that you rented. So if you don't own a property, at least you have to rent one before to moving to Italy. So even before you know whether your visa will be accepted or not, uh, you will have to, if you don't own a property or if you don't intend on purchasing purchasing one, you will have to enter into a lease agreement. Um, with the risk, of course, that your visa will not even be approved. But um, if you do own a property, the consulate will be more inclined to accept a lower amount of money uh, that you can show, uh, so a lower income. Uh, whereas for people who have rented a property, the consulate may be more inclined to request more. And, uh-huh. and that's, of course, because if you purchase a property, that property is yours. It's not going anywhere. There is no risk that you'll be evicted. It's yours. Whereas with a rent, rental agreement, uh, you know, things you, can change. Exactly. You could be evicted. The rent, uh, you could be in a situation where you can't pay the rent. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so they theoretically, are, even the rent could be raised at some point. Exactly. So they're a little bit more careful now as for the other requirements they need you to write a letter to the consulate where you explain the reasons why you want to apply for this visa so that's something that also is taken into consideration of course to make sure that uh, the reason behind your visa application is aligned with what the law provides in terms of uh, requirements for this specific visa and um, finally uh, I want to say that this visa is good for one year normally. So you will mm-hmm. have to renew it in Italy if you want to stay for longer uh, after one year, but you can do it from within Italy. So there is no need for you to go back. Oh, that's a big deal. To the US. As long as you continue to meet the requirements. So after one year, you still have to have your income, you still have to have your property. Otherwise, they will not renew it. Interesting. And maybe just taking it back one step, you were mentioning about this letter. So this is not necessarily a letter, just to clarify, that is based on like showing your legal requirement or that you meet the legal requirements. This is more kind of you explaining from maybe a practical but also emotional standpoint of why you want to live in Italy, how you want to live in Italy, what you see yourself doing there, and so on. Is that more or less what this is supposed to be about? Absolutely, yes. Okay, so that's interesting. That makes sense. But another thing that I'm also curious about here, uh, because you mentioned about how it is possible for a person to renew this in Italy rather than with some other visas here in Italy, you actually have to go out so that you can actually come back and be here and so on. But I'm curious, uh, on a long-term basis, is there a maximum amount of times that you can renew the visa or can this visa turn into anything else that actually allows you to stay here longer so you don't have to have that headache of renewing? Well, like I said, you have to renew this every year and it can be renewed as long as you maintain, uh, as long as you continue to meet the requirements. But after five years of 
renewing this visa, you can apply for a Carta di Soggiorno, a residency card, mm -hmm. uh, which is a long-term residency card that allows you to stay in Italy for five more years. And after 10 years, uh, you can apply actually for citizenship through residency. Oh, so this all counts towards the legal buildup of uh, the amount of time that you actually have to reside here for that process. As long as you registered with the Anagrafe, with the population of the people who reside in a specific comune. So don't forget that when you get to Italy on your elective residency visa, don't forget to also register as a resident of a specific town. And that's when you start counting uh, for uh, the 10 years mark to be able to apply for citizenship through residency. And is that 10 year count, is that Do you have to stay in the same address for that whole time or can you move from place to place? You can move from place to place as long as there are no interruptions. Uh, so when you move to another place, you have to register immediately in the new place so that the new place will communicate to the old place where you were living that you are now residing in their town. So they remove you from the registry of the population of the first town and they register you in the registry of the population of the second town. So there are no interruptions. That's fascinating um, that it actually uh, can lead somebody to the potential path of citizenship. There are some other parts of the world where certain types of visas, if you're just there uh, as a retiree or you're only there for a certain period of time, it doesn't give you that path towards citizenship, but that's fascinating. But um, I guess something that's also important to take into account here is healthcare. Would somebody be entitled to healthcare if they're here on an elective residency visa? For somebody who comes to Italy on an elective residency visa, it's their responsibility to either have a private insurance or to pay to use the national healthcare system. In other words, you're not covered by the national healthcare system if you are residing in Italy as somebody who has an Italian elective residency visa unless you pay. Interesting, but you would still have access like in an emergency if you have to go to the hospital and so on. Like, yeah, of course. That's not a question. Of it's course. just how that's all covered at the end of the day, I guess, is the, the only concern. And one more detail that I think it would be great uh, to finish off this episode with is how long it takes to actually apply for the Italian elective res residency visa. So how long in advance do you have to prepare and get mm -hmm. ready right. uh, when you're ready to make an application for this visa. Well, normally consulates, uh, they're booked up. Well, normally the waiting time for an appointment at the visa office can be about two or three months, depending mm -hmm. on the situation and time period. But say uh, it's normally, the appointments are normally like 60 to 90 days out. So when you book your appointment, you can expect your appointment to be like two or three months after. Mm -hmm. uh, which means you also have the time to prepare all the paperwork, see, you know, make sure that you meet all the requirements and prepare for your appointment. Uh, from when you show up at your appointment, the consulate has 90 more days to issue your visa. So you mm -hmm. can expect your visa to be uh, issued in a 90 days time frame after your appointment. Mm -hmm. From when your visa is issued, you have by law 90 more days to relocate. To Italy. So the process can be rather long. It's important that you start ahead of time if you want to move to Italy six months before. Um, so it's not that they give you the visa on the spot. It right. takes some time for them to process it and then you have additional time 
to relocate to Italy. And if you don't do that, you have to reapply for the visa and start over. Interesting. So it's the type of situation where you really want to make sure that it's not like you're just applying on the spot. It's like, oh, I think I'll move to Italy today because uh, you can't just show up in Italy for this. You have to do this in your home country. So absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much again, Marco, for talking about this and clarifying these subjects. And of course, if anybody is needing assistance with getting to Italy, purchasing a home here and so on, how can they get in contact with you and your team? People can contact us through our website, italianrealestatelawyers.com. Uh, they can send a message through the website or give us a phone call. Well, absolutely wonderful. And thank you so much for coming to check out another episode of the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by italianrealestatelawyers.com. Of course, if you are interested in more conversations about this topic, be sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel and also to the audio-only podcast version, which you can find on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, as well as if you are subscribed here to the YouTube channel, you can also find the Italian Citizenship Podcast, where we talk a lot more about how things work in Italy for Italian dual citizenship and more. And of course, as well, if you're interested in more conversations about life in Italy, living in Italy, living in Italy as an Italian dual citizen expat, be sure to come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Rafael Di Furia, where I talk about this and show this beautiful country that both Marco and I get to call home. Of course, stay safe and healthy out there. We have been here again with Marco Permunian. I am Rafael Di Furia, and we will see you all next time. Later. Thank you.